Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. And we've been speaking a lot in these past few episodes about choice and choosing to put the will of the Lord above our very own. And not just to, to put, but to do the will of the Lord above our very own. There's the application piece. And we're going to continue discussing that today because there is a choice. We on this earth have been placed here to choose whom we will serve. And it's easy, if you will, to just say, to state, oh, for Christ I live, or uh, to read, I'll say, the words of Paul to the Philippians in chapter 1, verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we can, I'll say, build ourselves up in that and in those scriptures, or even I'll say in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, right? Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And then he begins talking and continuing this discussion and discourse about obedience. But even in just what we read to Paul in his letter or epistle to the Philippians, the church of Philippi, he begins with himself and the choice that he made to serve the Lord and to do the Lord's will above all costs. And the, the word is filled with examples of people, not unlike Paul, that the Apostle Paul, that made that choice and that decision. And we read about what it looks like. But understanding what that choice entails is the difference. Because we can go through life and say, oh, like I was just saying, talking about, oh, for Christ I live. But then do our actions line up with that? Or do they contradict what we are saying and the message we are sending? Is it just lip service? Or do our actions, do our deeds exemplify a life of faith and trust and hope in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Do they demonstrate that he is our God and we are his people? Or does it denote that we are serving someone or something else? And I say this because it is incredibly important. You know, we've stated many times how we have this choice. We've been given a choice. And 
what will we do with it? And every moment of every day is a choice of whether we will serve Christ or not. But here's the difference. If I state and I have made the determination and choose that for Christ I live, and that is my final choice, then every other, I'll say, choice or decision point after that should only reinforce what I stated my final choice was. If it is so weighty and heavy every time of do I serve the Lord and do I do His will or do I demonstrate rebelliousness towards Him, opposition, and do my own will, then I haven't made my final choice. So while it can be difficult to understand initially, let's simplify it in those terms. So we, the Lord talks about this choice throughout the entirety of his word. Uh, We could start in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. He says, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. And then, of course, he continues into, excuse me, discussing the consequences of that choice, the choice, the determination to go after other gods. And he says the same thing again in Deuteronomy 30. It begins at verse 15. Moses does. He says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. And then I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land which you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. And, of course, he called upon heaven and earth to witness them. He made this legal and binding eternally. And we can even bring this to Joshua in his time. And that's in Joshua chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The choice on the onset had face value. 
can seem daunting. Especially with many voices being in the world. Each attempting to pull or sway you in a manner that suits them. But is it really benefit and beneficial and a blessing to you? Because the Lord says he'll provide. He will take care of you. And those that put their their hope and their trust in him will never be put to shame. There are countless scriptures that say that. And actually, even in the areas where of scripture we just covered, the Lord mentions that. Either just before those sections of scripture, a chapter or two before, or a chapter or two after. The Lord continues to, I'll say, reaffirm his word. This is his promise. This is what he said. He's the only one that is faithful to do it, to uphold it. But what will we choose? It matters. Our deeds reaffirm our choice. It is no different than, well, I'll just give you this for an example. If someone says that they want to be a professional athlete, right? because sports has been kind of a, a big thing with this, this nation, but around the world, right? We enjoy attending games and going to see some of these star athletes and you know, can turn them into family events and all these other things and, and have a, an enjoyable time, relax, be entertained. But if someone said that that was their, their goal, was to be a professional athlete, whatever the sport is, but then never practiced, never took one, one free throw, never shot the puck one time, never threw a football, never caught a football, never attempted one pass or penalty kick. never ran one lap, no conditioning whatsoever. We would say that that clearly wasn't their choice. No matter what they said, that clearly was not what they meant. They were not truthful in that. It is that simple with the Lord. Right? If someone said that they wanted to, to be a millionaire, but then literally every dime, every penny, every cent, pound, yen, whatever the currency is, for whatever nation you're at, if they spend it as soon as they get it, they don't save it, they don't invest, they don't structure their life in such a way where they are able to, I'll say, generate residual income, then clearly there's a difference and what they said they wanted and what they actually want to do. There's no difference here when it comes to choosing Christ and what the Lord is looking for. People that will choose him and do his will. People that will acknowledge and place him as God in their life. He is God. But will they allow him to be their God, and will they in turn be his people? 
and give him free reign over their lives. Just being obedient to what he says. The same standard is required for everyone. In John 8, Jesus himself says, when consulting the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, actually, uh, we'll, we'll go to that. John 8, we'll begin in verse 39. It says, they, now it's the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come of my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do, you do not under, why do you not understand what I am saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own initiative, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. And then he continues and goes so far as to tell them that they are not, oh, excuse me. And he tells them in verse 47, he who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them because you are not of God. And the response, instead of taking that as an, an opportunity that the Lord was literally presenting to them to repent, to, to turn, to change their ways, and to choose the Lord, instead attempted to discredit him, both through his birth, but then also saying that he had a demon. The same things that we see in the world today with those that stand up speaking the word of the Lord. The Lord always sends his prophets. He, he says in plainly in his word, I do not do anything without first revealing it to my prophets. Why? Because the Lord gives time and opportunity for us to make the choice. And he knows when we, what we choose, whether we ever stated or not. Because he knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. But for us, it's not rocket science. We should be able to look at our own lives and say, did I, I, I know I said I chose Christ, but am I really doing what he is instructing me to do in my race, in my walk before the Lord? Or am I in opposition to him? And, and I, I'll tell you that uh, even as I'm speaking now, I, I sense and feel the weight of this and, and what the Lord is looking for from his people, his body, his church. 
his bride, what he has desired and is desiring coming up and moving into this new year. It matters. And this is the opportunity that we have, that he's giving us to choose him. And because if we look, if we hold ourselves up to the mirror, which is his word, and examine, rightly examine and justify, not justify, excuse me, but rightly examine our lives before him, he will reveal those things to us, whether we are, or I'll say, whether he is pleased with us, or whether the, there are things in our lives that we need to bring into alignment with him and his will and allow him access and free reign in them. Choosing may, I'll say, requires a change. Even the prodigal son, he thought he had a better way. He wanted the inheritance, and then he he ended up wasting it all in riotous living. But then, at some point, he came to a place where he said that this isn't how I should live. Eating, trying to get the slop from the pigs. He said, no, I have to get up and I have to go from here. I have to go back to my father. And even though he did not consider himself worthy to be received as a son, his father received him and welcomed him. He rejoiced in his return. But that was his, no, the prodigal son's choice to get up to return, to change and to see change in his life and his relationships. For us, in a similar manner, that first starts with our, our Lord, our Heavenly Father. Will we do his will? That's what he's looking for. That's the choice that's set before everyone. What will we choose? And no, it's not complicated. It does not have to be difficult. If it's our final choice, as soon as that determination is made, every other choice, every other decision point in your life is now an opportunity to reinforce, to demonstrate what our final choice was. Is it to serve Christ? And now because we have made that final choice, for Christ I live, then I only want him to be glorified. So it's easy easier to make those choices. And because I want the Lord to be glorified, I only want to do what he wills. So because I only want to do what he wills, now I can bring that choice, that decision before him and ask him, Lord, what do you say about this? 
What do you say and what do you want me to do concerning this? And how do you want me to say or do the thing that you were asking me to say and do? Because it's for his glory, not our own. But if we have not made that choice, then we will sound and look hypocritical. We will be, as, as is stated in James, will appear double-minded. And that instability, or that person that's double-minded, is unstable in all their ways, every area and aspect of life. Because who knows, who can, who can count on or determine what they will do? Christ is our pattern example because nobody had to question what he would do. Those that were spiritually minded. He did the will of the Father above everything. As we read in Philippians, even to death on the cross. Even to death on the cross. Because of his love for the Lord. And his love for his neighbor. He put the Lord's will above his own to do it. And he, even in Philippians, Paul is writing, and it talks about their obedience, and to do it without grumbling or disputing, right? To do it with joy and gladness. And he says it in, in Philippians 2, start beginning of verse 15, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain or toil in vain and, and this is important because at this time Paul is writing this while in prison, while in captivity. But he had labored, he had taught, and exhorted, encouraged, and admonished these people in Philippi. Not unlike Moses did, to choose the Lord, to serve him, to let God be their God, and they to be his people to choose to do the will of the Lord above their own. Because there's, there's nothing else. Jesus said it very plainly, either you're serving God or you're serving the devil. And even if someone thinks they are serving themselves, it's not the will of God. But ultimately, that's the devil's will. In an attempt to deceive so he can steal, kill, and destroy them and that person. And not just in this life, but for eternity. So this choice has to be final. We have to understand its weightiness. Now with Moses, he told the children of Israel in the wilderness, and Deuteronomy was the second giving of the law. So he's telling the next generation, the generation that would enter the promised land, 
to choose the Lord. But he also admonished them in chapter in Deuteronomy 31, talking to the priests, same as Jesus did. The people that should have known better, should have known the will of the Lord is, that were teaching others, I'll say, to follow it. They should have known what the Lord's will is and then been obedient to do it. But Moses told them, hey, put this book of the law and place it next to the tabernacle, next to the ark, because you need it and you need to remind yourselves of it. And they said, of course, we'll do all the words in this book. And he said, no, you haven't done it while I'm here. How much more will you not do it in my absence? But it only denotes and demonstrates their, their choice. It's not just about the words that we speak. Our choices, our decisions, if demonstrate what we said our choice was, what our final choice actually is. Whether it's God, to serve him and be his people, and he serve him as our God because he is God, or to serve the devil. And you can say, well, John, that's, that's harsh. And in some ways, yeah, I can I see and I can understand. But it's not difficult. It's only difficult if our flesh is still driving the bus. If we haven't reined that in, if we haven't buffeted our flesh, as the Apostle Paul says, and got it under control, so the Lord can have free reign and say in our lives. That's what makes it difficult. But if we've made our final choice, the rest of it seems easy. Going back to the example of professional athletes, they have no problems getting up at however early they have to get up in the morning to, to go for a run or to get a workout in or multiple workouts or practice or not that that's always fun. But it makes it easier knowing what they're working for and toward. The goal that they have in mind, the prize that they have put at the end of their endeavors. Now, of course, we can't work for this in the Lord. It is grace that we have received by faith. But by faith, we can enter in. By faith, we, that's trust, should put our trust, our hope in the Lord and do his will above our own. Knowing that there is a prize at the end, there is a reward, it is salvation. And of course, there are other blessings and benefits too. I'm not going to discount those. But ultimately, is to enter into his rest. The decision doesn't have to be difficult, but we do have to make a final choice. When we have made a final choice or decision, whether to live for Christ or not, every other decision and decision point, every other choice will reinforce what we decided. Especially if we allow it to pass by 
before our Lord. So I, I just want to encourage you with that today. Because it doesn't have to be difficult. Every moment of every day doesn't have to be this huge weighty choice. It only reinforces what we've already determined. And not just in our mind, will, and emotions, but in our spirit, man. Because we are spirit, soul, and body. And if me and my spirit man has chosen, I serve the Lord, then I will get my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, and my body reined in, buffeted, in order to do what my spirit is being told by Holy Spirit, is being led to do by Holy Spirit. So I want to thank you all for joining us, for listening into this podcast, and for standing for righteousness and justice. Have a wonderful evening, and God bless you.